Welcome to Chapter Chumps. We are your chumps, here to talk some chapters. Today, I'm very excited to say that we are um, we are starting the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Wow. Um, yeah, wow. 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 Josh, can you want to jump in here with a wow? Wow. There we go. Oh, I like that one. That was my favorite one so far. <laughs> um, yeah, I know that I haven't I, I haven't posted anything on like the Twitter account. Like, oh, we finished The Hobbit. I haven't done shit. Um, I'm yeah. going to get around to it. Did you even post about the movie episode? I'm going to get around. I am going to get around to it. I don't it. think you did. This is, this is the time where it's like, you, you know, did. okay... Like let's let's You're not you know tighten our, our bootstraps. No, I haven't. Okay. All right, <laughs> I have not. Um, I'm gonna do it all as one big like trifecta. You know, it'll be sure. like a big okay. trifecta. Hey, we finished the Hobbit and we talked about the movie and we're starting the fellow. It's like wow, yeah, so much. Got to jump on that train. Um, I don't. I don't. I. I think it should be a clear break off. You don't. Don't say. Oh, we have. We. There's, here's the movie of the Hobbit and yeah, the first episode. Yeah, of, maybe uh, just ignore the movie and we're already, we've already it. moved on. You know. Yeah, we moved on. We yeah. moved on. That's fine. I just, just gonna be like, boom. Here's here's the fellowship. Here we go. Yes. Connor, I did, I did just throw my notes into the Chapter Chumps channel so you can put those on Patreon whenever. But oh, cool. Sorry, forgot to mention it before we started. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. The notes. The notes. All we can make the the, the chump Marillion out of it. If you haven't <laughs> listened to our our podcast on the Hobbit movie, uh, nineteen seventy seven animated movie, um, that's a reference to to that episode. So it's, yeah, it out. it's out. And the th- the thing is, the episode's out. We haven't tweeted about it, so don't look for the tweet. But just you know but this is do. not about that this episode is not it's about not, the movie it's not it's about, not about <laughs> this hobbit. is not about that we're this is done. a clean break we're done with the hobbit we're having a clean break pretend it never Are even happened unless you want to go back and, and and listen well you say that but the first chapter explicitly or the first for the prologue explicitly like rehashes some bits of the hobbit that's yeah true. well so we're so never mind. we're not up. done never mind we're not done with the hobbit it, we did read the hobbit that's still we we will still talk about it um <laughs> <laughs> only in context yeah. with with what but we're there, reading in the Lord of the Rings. There there was a nearly two decade long gap in between the release of the Hobbit and the the first publication of the Fellowship of the Ring. So, um, so you know, I, it's, it's it's kind of like a a recap, you know? Yeah. Previously. Yeah, exactly. Previously yeah. on the. <laughs> The Middle Earth Saga. Middle Earth Saga. Yeah. The yeah. previously on the West, the the Red Book of Westrun. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Westmarch. Westmarch. West, that's it. Yeah. No, isn't it West Farth? Farth. Westmarch. It's it's literally it West on the March? first page. Okay. Yeah. Also, just speaking of notes, there's a lot of words. I'm, in off, that book. To, I'm off to a big start. Yeah. There. I, I mean, I I took a bunch of things down too. Um. Yeah. So today we're going to be discussing the prologue. And the first chapter, a long expected party. 
So that's that's what's on the agenda for today. Um, real quick, just a, a bit of 18. podcast housekeeping. Um, for those of you who have been following along and listening to us every step of the way. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you. Um, when we were going over The Hobbit, we would start off the podcast by talking about like the... Good things and bad things. I don't think you even have to do this. Don't even. No. Don't even. I don't think no. you have unless, to. I mean, you started. It's too so, late. You started. Go yeah, for you it. started, but you didn't. Unless, unless it. you want to edit it. Do you want to edit? No. <laughs> and I won't. Okay. Shame because you did a good job with your music video. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, uh, plus you have you have a whole other podcast that you started that you you have a fucking blast editing. No, I no 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 I don't I don't by yourself and you know okay. God forbid you let's, you edit this podcast with your two best friends. All right, like let's move on. Okay, so, we're not doing uh, pros and cons anymore. We're not we're not doing that shit. So um, just that's it. Yeah, we we tried to give it structure and with, with by calling it pros and cons uh, instead of just talking about our day like we did in our Hitchhiker's Guide read through. And it just, it was taking up too much time and got us way off track before we even talked about the book. So, um, we, we think just talking about the book and just diving right in is the best Yeah, I mean, the point... Under the, Connor's arm, and it's adorable. The point of this is, so people, if they start listening, like, they're, they're here for us talking about the book that we're reading. And yeah. they don't want to hear us talk, just, like, talking about bullshit for, for half an hour um, which you know, I think I I feel like we, we it's kind of it kind of feels like that so far, but um, it's not going to be from here on out. This is just right. This is well. An I mean, anomaly. the fact is, you can't you can't cut out all the bullshit. I mean, no. you know, we're we're gonna you know that's that's how it's that's gonna be interwoven yes. within the fabric yes. of it, but it's yes. not front loaded. Mm-hmm. You know, Correct. so um, yeah. so you're right. You know, without further ado, let's talk about the Hobbit. And no. if, wait, fuck. <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> oh, the yeah. fellowship of the ring. <laughs> if if you tuned out like on a previous episode because you're like, oh, there's too much bullshit here in the beginning. Oh, Connor, you, Connor, Connor, you're, you're already you're focusing. T- I would not even say that. You're you're I w- whatever you're doing. I would not your, even say it. you're focusing too much on it. I would not even say that. This is a good starting. Point I would not for even. You. I would not even say that. This is a good starting point I would not for even, you. I would if not even previously you were like I'm I would, done with this podcast because they just they even, just keep on talking about bullshit. Um, if I were you, I would not even is, say that. This is a good jumping on point. In fact, you could edit this part out. This is a good jumping on point. I just wanted to make that clear that if if people were like, no, uh, I'm not going to start now. Uh, yeah. This is a good point to jump on. Okay. But for so, future reference, I just wouldn't even. You know, we're past it now. Totally agreed. Totally. Yeah, that's, okay. that's why I said and that. If you, and place. if you want to edit it out, if you want to edit this out for the sake of time, please. Well, no. By all means. We'll not okay. do that. So right, now that we're let's past talk all about that. the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, now that we're past all that, I got a question about your copies of the books. Mostly just like, how do your page numbers line up with mine? Because, I mean, last when we read The Hobbit, uh, they didn't line up at all. So you kept giving me page numbers, and I'm just like, I can guess. My prologue starts on page 10. Oh, boy. <laughs> mine starts on page 1. Yeah, my prologue starts on page 1 as well. Yep. Okay, so mine mine's gonna be the copy that at least 
last time, I don't think any of our pages lined up. So it sounds like well, maybe we'll see if Josh, they keep keep yeah. lining up because where, where did your chapter one end, Connor? Um, mine ended on fifty one, and chapter two starts on fifty two. Uh, mine ended on fifty four. Chapter two starts on fifty five. All oh, right, so no it. one's lined up at all. Great. Whatever. You know, it's it's just this is, it gives this is why a, we're the chapter chumps and not the the page pals. It gives a nice yeah, approximation. Josh, very very good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you. could you imagine if we chose that name, we would be? Uh, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> good thing we picked a name that no one here thinks is fucking stupid. We would have egg <laughs> on our face. We really, we really chose the right one. Um, <laughs> I think we did. So real quick, before we, we actually do get into the prologue itself, um, I did have a few quick things I wanted to mention um, because my my copy here, um, it's – okay, so it includes, it includes um, a foreword. There's a couple things. One, there's a note on the text written by um, – that's the Douglas A. Anderson that you mentioned last time, Josh. Yes. So you might have the same note on the text, and I read yep, through I that. that. Douglas Adams' cousin. Four. Yes. And then there's a foreword to the second edition written by Tolkien himself that I, I also wanted to mention briefly that I have here. I have a note on the 50th anniversary edition uh, and then a foreword to the second edition. Yeah, right. The, yep. the, the 50th anniversary edition forward is by Wayne G. Hammond and Christina Skull, also in 2004. Um, and do I honestly didn't read any of these forwards because it took that's, me all Sunday afternoon fine. to get the other two. It doesn't really matter if we've read them or not, yeah. or if our forwards are the same or different. Um, I'm just noting the differences. But um, So, so really the things I want to mention here, um, so w one thing that's mentioned, and I've heard this before, for, but like um, people consider calling the Lord of the Rings a trilogy a misnomer because um, it it was written as one book that was split into three volumes for like convenience and like um, are, having are it be like easier to read for people. Are you saying it's an increasingly misnamed trilogy? Um. Well, I'm not. I'm saying it isn't <laughs> technically a trilogy at all. That's what he, no, that, that's what yeah. he is saying. True. Oh, uh, yes. Well, and then I guess that's so. What, that's what the Hitchhiker series is called. Um, but yeah, the. Uh, I mean, I have all three books already, and they're. I mean, they, they're all this size, and this is what I consider to be a large paperback book, or like thick paperback book. So, like three times of this is like. Can you imagine trying to carry that around? Yeah, I mean, there are editions of Lord of the Rings that contain all three books as one. And I think they just, you know, I'm sure the text is small, <laughs> you know, but um, but they're out there. Uh, but essentially, the idea is that, you know, Tolkien wrote the essentially the entirety of the story. It sounds like as like each volume was published, he kind of took the time to maybe like revise things and, and, and fix things up. But um I like that you went and looked up this stuff because I just not the energy for it. Well, again, I didn't actually look any of this up. It was in my book, in the foreword that I read. Yeah, like I said, I didn't have the energy to read that. Book. <laughs> and I um, looked it up by looking, like two hours looking the at the pages in the book. Yeah, but I that's not the same as looking something up. That's reading. Essentially, I, read I mean, essentially, you looked it up. You could say, oh, if I went, if I went on Ask Jeeves and I, and I Googled... 
about it, then you know. Sorry, if well, I jeeves you, you about don't, it, yeah, you don't. Do, you can't Google on Ask Jeeves. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> if I did, a, if I did a quick Jeeves, there we go. I'll be able Jeeves net. You know, if I Jeeves it, then yes. that's one thing. Okay, that that works. Um, Thank you. So just a, a real quick another. So uh, the Fellowship and the Two Towers are both published in '54, several months apart. Um, but again, so Hobbit originally '37. So we're talking what 17 years apart. Um, when The Fellowship and The Two Towers are published, and then Return of the King comes out in 55. Tolkien dies in 1973. Um, but not before... Yeah, all right, yeah. I mean, um, got my my whiskey with my giant ass ice cube right here for the old... I'll pour some out. Pour some out for him. <laughs> I'll, I'll pour some out into my mouth. Uh, no, that's um, not how it works. Out, out of respect, that's what hobbits would have wanted. Oh, okay, fair enough. You got me on that one. Um, but yeah, so he he does also go through a process of um, revising the Lord of the Rings, even um, in parts before he dies. Um, but a lot of it apparently is just errors in publication that, like, the publishing house is just kind of fucked up, according to what I read here. Um, uh, but I, I do want to, um, I do want to read something that I have here that Tolkien himself wrote, because I I think it's interesting and I think it's worth kind of keeping in mind as we continue through, um, the Lord of the Rings and kind of break it down and discuss it. Um, so if you'll permit me just another moment here, um, Here's here's what he has to say about, um, like, the writing of it. He says, The Lord of the Rings has been read by many people since it finally appeared in print, and I should like to say something here with reference to the many opinions or guesses that I have received or have read concerning the motives and meaning of the tale. The prime motive was the desire of a tale-teller to try his hand at a really long story that would hold the attention of readers, amuse them, delight them, and at times maybe excite them or deeply move them. As a guide, I had only my own feelings for what is appealing or moving, and for many, the guide was inevitably often at fault. Some who have read the book, or at any rate have reviewed it, have found it boring, absurd, or contemptible, and I have no cause to complain, since I have similar opinions of their works or of the kinds of writing that they evidently prefer." But even from the points of view of many who have enjoyed my story, there is much that fails to please. It is perhaps not possible in a long tale to please everybody at all points, nor to displease everybody at the same points. For I find from the letters that I have received that the passages or chapters that are, to some, a blemish, are all by others specially approved. And then I'm going to skip just a little bit, and I just want to read a little bit more here. It says, As for any inner meaning or message... It has in the intention of the author none. It is neither allegorical nor topical. As the story grew, it put down roots into the past and threw out unexpected branches. But its main theme was settled from the outset by the inevitable choice of the ring as the link between it and the hobbit. The crucial chapter, The Shadow of the Past, which we have not read, it's the next chapter, is one of the oldest parts of the tale. It was written long before the foreshadow of 1939 had yet become a threat of inevitable disaster. And from that point, the story would have developed along essentially the same lines. If that disaster had been averted, its sources are things long before in mind. 
um, or in some, oh, if that disaster had been averted, he's talking about World War II. Its sources are things long before in mind, or in some cases already written, and little or nothing in it was modified by the war that began in 1939 or its sequels. So the only two things I want to like condense from that, sorry to, to take the time there, but the only two oh, things I want to condense great. from that are, according to Tolkien, he says this. Um, one, I wrote the story because I thought it would be fucking cool, and that's it. And yep. two, according to the author... There's no allegory. There's no. There's no message that he wishes to impart in the reader. And very importantly, he writes here that it is not based on the war. It has nothing to do with World War II. To him, if you were to continue to read through this part, again, I'm not going to read the whole thing. He kind of like also concedes or mentions like, "Hey, I'm a human being, and people pull from their reality," and like. You know, it's kind of inevitable that, like, the context of, of things is going to, like, filter through the artwork into what I'm making here. But it's not something that's on the forefront of Tolkien's mind. And I, I find that to be interesting because I hear that that link brought up a lot. Like, that's a really common thing to be like, yeah, yeah this is, like, about World War II. And Tolkien says, no, it's not. Hear that, yeah, Lord like, of the Rings Twitter? You're all fucking wrong, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was bringing up the, the war connections during The Hobbit. I mean that's pre World War Two, but it's still like, like I. Thank you for reading that. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like I, since I didn't. <laughs> so it's about World and, War One, not World War Two. <laughs> yes. No. Um, but like hearing hearing one of the preeminent fantasy authors of all time, I guess is that the right sure. use of that word? Um, like just why say, not? Like, Whatever. Yeah, just being like, yeah, it was a cool ass story, and I, w I just wanted to write it because, it, like that, kind of I find that kind of motivating for the the story I'm slowly but surely working on. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I'm writing. It's just like, yeah, I just want to, I just want to make these characters be be characters, and it's it's fun. <laughs> yeah, there doesn't I'm not always doing a good have job to be so far, but that's okay. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be a uh, you know grand allegory. Or right. intention and that's going to change the world. Yeah, and it, it not everybody has to like it because you're probably not going to like what they like anyway. Yeah, for sure. So that I that I that, that that's really good advice. I think yeah. just in general. Yeah. Um, so, th thank you for pulling that up because I like I said I totally missed it because I was just trying to get through the first two chapters. Uh, yeah. No, thanks I mean, for, they're, thanks they're... for looking that up, Connor. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. I, I jeeves it for you. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, one, I'm I'm with you, Josh, because we'll talk about the prologue in just a moment. Um, I found it hard to get through. Um, yeah. Sounds like I, I'm not alone in that. But I, it wasn't like a breezy read for me. I was surprised, yeah. actually. I I really enjoyed it. I, I, I yeah. thought it was all very interesting and kept my attention. Part, part of it was I was reading on a Sunday afternoon after a long weekend and some very stressful news at work, let's say. And just kept crashing while I was reading because I, I I like to read while I'm laying on the couch. It's a naturally it's a natural sleeping position, so it was very much just like I'm gonna roll over, read a, read half a page, and oh man, I just woke up from a dream. What the fuck happened? Yeah, like, was that I get it. was that in the was that in the prologue? No, that was me just dreaming about like wood cutting or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I just want to echo like Josh. I was also kind of struck by that thought that like it's funny that um. 
you know, the Lord of the Rings is kind of revered as such like a, you know, kind of like a lofty um, fantasy text. And it's it was like, you know, it's funny because like obviously Tolkien writes like, you know, very proper um, and an older kind of English as he is, you know, yeah. uh, but he's pretty much just saying like, I, I wrote it because I thought it was cool. You guys are just like, you know, it's not about this shit. And, um, you know, the, one of the things that they tell you all the time when you go to school for books and waste all your money is <laughs> that it doesn't really matter what the author thinks. Anyways, that's what the whole death of the author thing is. It's just like, you know, you, you take the text on its own terms. Um, you you interpret it as, like, you're able to find evidence for it and argue it. Um, and, like, I still, do, you know, kind of intend to do that. I think it's funny to think on the outset here. It's like, Tolkien's like, don't, there's nothing, dude. Like, enjoy the fucking story. Um, yeah. But that's probably not what I'm going to be talking about. And I, I just think it's kind of funny to, like, have those two things in mind. Because, like, in in my in my point of view, like, those things can coexist just fine. You know, Tolkien says one thing, and as we read through the book, you know, we might think the other. Um, or sometimes maybe it just lines up. But, uh, <laughs> I heard that, Josh. But yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about the prologue. Um, Josh, you said you had a lot of notes, but I guess I, I'm a little curious, Connor. You're mentioning um, you felt like it, it held your attention. You enjoyed reading through it. Can you maybe just like speak to like cracking open the book and, and jumping into the prologue here? Yeah, I mean, I think I just I I started reading it in a good headspace, you know, after a day of rest and. I mean, I I just finished the I just finished these chapters at like six thirty. So, um, uh, but I, I yeah, it was nice and relaxed and and like fake history to me is like super fun. I I don't know, it was just fun to read all of that stupid shit. You know, we should play more D and D again then. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, as as you somebody, you were the bard. You were supposed to know. All yeah, <laughs> you were supposed to unlock all that history. I, I, we do need to play again at some point. As somebody who likes to create, create stupid shit. I guess people call it world building, right? Um, yes. It, it, it's 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 just kind of a fun thing to me to, uh, you know, read all of this. Um, you know, the the these things that are so important to the fictional little little guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, reading about all these the different types of hobbit and I, it was just fun yeah so i i, I just had fun with it um yeah, yeah i mean it, it you know it wasn't wasn't too deep to me but um i can see how how it was maybe a a slog you know it, it wasn't a fun breezy adventure-esque chapter you know like yeah it's it's very dry i think I th it I, is I think for sure problem for sure yeah yeah um but yeah, I mean, I, I just liked it for what it was. It it it, it was kind of fun, uh, you know, fun breakup from, you know, the Hobbit, which which is kind of breezy, adventure-y kind mm -hmm. of storytelling, which was also fun. But it was kind of nice to have a something different. Yeah, yeah. Um, Josh, where where do you want to start here, or what would you like to to mention? Um. I'm just trying to remember what I was writing with these notes because, like I said, I was half asleep. Um, but I think most of my notes here are just comments on 
what that what a, a paragraph was about and it's mostly just notes about stuff we I knew we talked about in the Hobbit like when is this all taking place when like what is this character's relationship to this character kind of stuff uh, or just my typical snarky bullshit against the uh, against the writing or uh, just neat little facts that I found yeah um, and some of the notes are just compounding on other notes like uh, my first one is that apparently the Hobbit is just the first chap first few chapters of something called the Red Book of Westmarch. Uh, and what else are, what else is in that book? Are the Lord of the Ring books a part of it? Is it a series? Is the series really the Red Book of Westmarch series? Right. <clears throat> yeah. This, I, is, this is the first paragraph. It's like, oh, we're just completely upending everything we know about this storybook that we just read. Yeah, it is interesting the way that Tolkien like continually tries to um, weave his his fiction into like our our own ancient past. Um, like you said, there's already been several like moments where he he brings that up, but yeah, he continues it here with the Lord of the Rings, not surprisingly, um, and kind of like furthers the. Like, I don't know, yeah, the weird mythology of it. Like, he, he try he really does take a lot of time to, like, um, to, to, like, validate this fiction that he's writing as, like, you know, something that was unearthed rather than, like, written by him. You know, he, he's he just, like, the humble translator. He goes into a whole, like, paragraph or two about how the, the book is, like, a copy of a copy and the original was lost. Yeah, and, like, there's differences in the copies, and like the most accurate one is fr- was written by like Samwise or something that's in Elrond's library, if I remember that correctly. Right. But, yeah, he, he gets into the really into the weeds. Yeah, um, he really does. And then right, he says like because he talks about um, like the dates of of when these things were likely written down, and, and then when they were found. Systems. Right. And and also importantly, you know, like a- according to this, the the texts themselves are found like many years after the events. Mm-hmm. I, I think even like they're written down many years after the events have concluded. Um, yeah. And so like I, th- I do want to kind of come back to this, too, because I actually think it's important for the first chapter and for the story, interestingly enough. But like. I, I think that one of the most important things that, like, he kind of is trying to do is, like, one, it's like, okay, like, we're going to try and make this fictional story about little dudes and elves and shit, you know, seem seem more real because, like, it's part of our history, man. But then, two, like, it kind of introduces this element of doubt. It's almost like some of the arguments people have against, like, translations of the Bible and, like, when things were actually, like written down versus yeah. when they were said to have happened. And it's or like, well, right. Yeah. And it's like, well, how, how could, you know, our perception of, of what actually happened to have changed through generations and word of mouth and this and that, like, it's, it's funny because like Tolkien is kind of trying to be like, Hey, this is like part of our history, but also like how much of it can we take as like the perfect truth when like, Gospel. The framing device of it is that, like, it's also, like, 
you know, written it, it very realistically, like separated many, many years removed from like the actual events. Mm-hmm. It's a bold way to open. Yeah, it, very good point. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, uh, like my my fourth note. This is in this whole book is like this whole chapter is just just deep world building by Tolkien. That's, because he's already going into like the different types of hobbits, like how the the Shire was settled, the different calendars are starting showing up, and it's like I, yeah, I put that down on page five. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. it's 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 not um, interested in you know hooking the reader. It it is still a different kind of way of it's writing. Informing them. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. informing them, but but it, it it's not the modern kind of oh you need you a, an opening chapter that's gonna that's gonna hook the readers, get them invested. Right. Um, no, it it is a difficult way to start the book, and I, I'm sure has has turned off many many readers over the years. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I you know that's another thing that I enjoy about it because I'm a historian. Yeah. You are. It's in your name. Yeah. It's funny too because. Um, <laughs> I was kind of thinking like, oh, you know, I wonder if the prologue is kind of meant to be like optional. Like you can skip it if you want. And like you could start at the first chapter and be perfectly fine. I don't know but, if I've ever considered a prologue to be optional. Well, um like like a forward in a book where it's clearly like someone else writing, I I consider those optional, but the prologue by the author, I tip, I never I think I've ever considered it an optional part of the story. Yeah, I mean and I wouldn't either, but I could see other people being of that mind. And I, I guess I, I was kind of bringing it up as like uh, to, to sort of argue against it because I was surprised at how many times words or references came up immediately from the prologue in the first chapter. It's like oh, set yeah. up, payoff, set up, payoff. Like, you know, oh, yeah, the word mathem, it's here, buddy. You read about it in the prologue and now we're saying yeah. it. Um, yeah, yeah. There were several instances of that. Uh, some some of my notes were actually more about things we we were kind of dancing around during the Hobbit that we like the stuff of pop culture we know it was like oh there's the first instance of that being pointed out yeah um, in fact I got a note here we we talked a lot about Frodo at the end of the Hobbit or mm-hmm. we mentioned him it's like I because I thought the nieces and nephews being mentioned like Frodo's probably included in that which we found out was probably true yeah um, I was like who the uh, fuck is Frodo. <laughs> yeah, never heard uh, of that guy. But we found Frodo Brandybuck. Ever heard of him? Yeah, he's a real Brandybuck. If I do say so myself. But yeah, he he. We find out almost after a couple pages, we find out he is uh, Bilbo's heir. But they don't spell out the family tie right away, and then later on, we find out that he is in fact Bilbo's favorite nephew. And yes. his his parents met some tragic circumstances. Right. His parents are dead. And we also but find out is. in the the will in chapter one, not only like, yeah, he's his nephew, but um Bilbo like adopts him too, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's even a little bit more than that in the end. But that I... is like, yeah, their initial relation. I do have a conspiracy theory about the parents that we'll get to when we reach that point. Wow, okay. okay. Already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh I'm excited. I'm excited to oh, hear it. We were talking about like how languages changed uh mm-hmm. back in the Hobbit, where it's like, yeah, there was no longer a word to describe how Bilbo fed, felt or something like that. Here we find out that 
the language the hobbits speak is called Westron. Um, or common speech. So uh, they forgot whatever language they'd used and spoke ever after the common speech, uh, Westron, as it was named. Oh, yeah. I um, I didn't make a note of that, but that's interesting. Yeah, no, th this is one of those little world-building tips where it's just like, oh, look, English slash common is known as Westron in this book. Yeah. I don't know if that'll ever come up again. <laughs> um. But it's just those little details that he goes into. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the Red Book of West Westmarch has chapters of family trees at the end. And I'm just I'm just imagining this book that is the first couple chapters is the Hobbit. There's a lot more, but there's something else in between, which I assume is the Lord of the Rings. And then there's chapters of family trees at the end. So this is either one giant ass book. Or it's a bunch of big ass volumes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm just going through my notes now. If there's anything you want to focus on, please. I I don't know. I mean, I have a lot. Um... He even goes into naming varieties of pipeweed, and that was fun. Yeah, the, yeah, pi pipe the pipeweed was cool. Arguments about the histories of its origins. <laughs> Actually, you know what I have written about the pipe weed? My note is they even have so weed names, LOL. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. they got that good you know? pipe weed. Yeah, exactly. Weed. Yeah. He, they're actually closely related to uh, tobacco by the sounds of it. Nicotina? Nicotiana? Yeah, Nicotina? yeah, yeah. Nicotina. No, I mean, that's that is more what it's supposed to be, but it is yeah. interesting. No. Like, they talk about the no, strains no, no, of no, it. No. Like, it does sound a lot like weed, it too. Is weed. Oh, yeah. It's we. It's in the name, guys. Don't be so naive. Come on. Yeah. No, but I, I what I was pointing out is that he gave it. He gave it a botanical uh, family to belong to. Like that's so much world building. Yeah, um, I think it's funny that uh, that they have a moment to talk about this. Um, I, I think they do. I think Tolkien does write like, hey, like. Actually, this will kind of come up in importance, which is why it's included here, mm -hmm. the, the pipe weed, that is. But, like, really, my takeaway that I thought was funny was just, like, um, a lot of this is about how, like, if you read, like, the greater history books, like, Hobbits are barely mentioned because they have essentially no impact on, on Middle-earth history. That's except for the cool. fact that um, they are credited with inventing smoking, that's, That's the one just, thing they can take credit yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone agreed. No one tries to take that away from them, you know? <laughs> not not even like the fucking goblins are like, hey, hold up, we did that. It's like, no, everyone, everyone just agrees, like, okay, like we'll give that to the hobbits, you know. Yeah. Hobbits first put it into pipes. Not even the wizard first thought of that before we before we did. The yeah. one wizard I knew uh, took it up the art long ago became as skillful in it as any other things he puts his mind to. Hmm, I wonder who that could be. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. I have also many like smaller notes. I'm just going to kind of run through them. Sure. I thought it was interesting to hear like uh, hobbits are closer in relation to men than dwarves. They say, um, so thinking about like that idea of Lord of the Rings as like part of our history, like obviously there are ancient men in the story here, but like also like, evolutionarily it's like hobbits uh, hobbits have more of a link to men and humanity than to like the more fantastical races that um that tolkien writes about and so i think it kind of like creates even like a further 
sort of bond between the reader and the hobbits. It's like, yeah, you're not that different, you know? They're just a bunch of little dudes, you know? Um, yeah, uh, talking about how it goes, like, throughout all of Hobbit history and even the times of when there were turmoil, but they lived in the, the Shire for so long. I like this line. They were, in fact, sheltered, but they had ceased to remember it. Sort of thinking about the Shire as like this isolated pocket of, of serenity, and there's like that growing, that looming shadow just outside the borders, um, and then they even kind of talk about like towards the end of the chapter, they start putting up more. They talk about like the the people who they essentially there's like no crime or whatever, but they do have like a standard, tiny police force called the Shireffs. Shire Sheriff, <laughs> and they have to post more of them at the edge of town because it's like, whoa, things are going down, and it's like, yeah, that's kind of what we're going to be reading about. Um, and then, uh, so for my copy, the bottom of page fourteen, I did want to just quickly touch on this word that um, I mentioned before. I really liked it um, when they were talking about like museums and everything, and and Tolkien brings up like that hobbits holes and homes like have a tendency to become cluttered because they have like they have this like proclivity for hanging on to things and giving a ton of gifts yes and they have this word for it for it's called matham it says um it was a uh, it was for anything that hobbits had no immediate use for but were unwilling to throw away they called a matham and i like that idea because like we get more of that in the first chapter with um bilbo kind of you know finally like shedding his possessions and and like going out to live like a simpler life and whatever but also the ring itself is matham it is something that there really isn't a use for like bilbo can't identify he even says he has no idea why he has the ring it's like you know what do you do with it now you're in the shire but he can't bring himself to get rid of it and it's like this insidious Matham, like hobbits themselves have like a even like deeper tendency to just like cling and hold on to things that that really don't even matter to them. Um, That's a good and connection. so it's kind of funny to see that Tolkien introduces like this really innocuous kind of term for that that you know that that we understand that word too. Think of all the shit we have that it just doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I'm just looking around yeah. my room right now. It's like yeah, yeah, but um. But for hobbits, you know, it's even more so. Um, so it's kind of funny because he introduces this term in like sort of a benign way. But I actually think there's like this this underlying sort of layer that, that Tolkien would completely disagree with me on. And he would say, nah, I just fucking thought the, the word and I thought it was cool. But, um, but that's what I'm talking about. So there's that. Um, and even though I do have a bunch of other notes here, I think the only other thing I want to really touch on here... Um, I like that because the prologue here focuses on hobbits exclusively, essentially, you know, um, it's funny because like Tolkien mentions like the greater histories and the greater histories don't really care about hobbits and right. Like, yeah, the story that we're reading about, they're going to feature heavily. So that's important. But, um, I like this idea that like, um, because there's such an immediate focus on hobbits, and a lack of similar attention on like the the more seemingly interesting established races like elves and men and dwarves like that's 
that, that uh, just speaking for myself, like that's kind of what I'm excited to read about. Like I want to read about like the cool people doing the cool shit, you know. But Tolkien is like, no, you know. Um, and I think that's one of the more remarkable things about Lord of the Rings, and one of the things that kind of makes it stand the test of time, because the Lord of the Rings isn't a story about like cool people doing cool things, really. It's like a story of like really humble, written off, you know, people that 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 you would think could do absolutely nothing in the face of this like tyrannical darkness, and yet it's like the the smallest, most, you know, declared as useless beings that, like, play this pivotal role. And um, it might kind of feel, like, overdone at this point, or it might kind of feel, like, you know, overused. But I think the way that that this story is told, like... um, this prologue just really made me think about like, wow, like hobbits are so important, like just so key to the identity of Lord of the Rings. And there's so much cool shit always happening on the periphery of Lord of the Rings. But Tolkien's like, we're going to talk about these fucking three foot hairy, <laughs> hairy footed little fuckers. And you're going to like it. <laughs> That's my thoughts on the prologue. Yeah. He's obsessed with them. <laughs> he's a fetish. Hmm. That's probably why the foot thing, right? 100%. That's got to be the foot thing, yeah. I'm going for my upside. That's I don't have any grand thoughts on the prologue to that level. Very, very well thought out. Uh, kudos. Thanks, um, buddy. Um, let's see. I have. Uh, I noted that this takes place 60 years after The Hobbit. Yeah. Um, and there's this is after. Tolkien was throwing around this date and that date and like three different calendar systems. And I was just like, Oh boy, when is this taking place? Oh, there we go. 60 years. Thanks for making that clear. <laughs> um, to do, uh, Bilbo retains most of his fortune, apparently, yes. um, up to this point, And Frodo is now his favorite nephew. So we got that family connection. Does it say out. in the prologue, I forget, that there are like all these rumors about his fortune, like that he has way more than he actually has and he has tunnels filled with gold and shit? That's either in this, I think it's spread throughout both, but I think it's yeah, but in the first chapter. I do think they mostly mention it in the first chapter because people are like going through his home even when they weren't invited. And, yeah, but way before yeah. that, they mention it. Yeah, uh, I mean, um, he, it could be well, the prologue then. Yeah, he, I mean, he disappears for a. Um, for a year it comes back with all this treasure and is constantly handing out treasure throughout his life and being generous with gifts and it's gonna start a rumor too yeah for sure for sure um so some interesting things i i found some retcons from the hobbit Uh uh-oh plot hole or no not plot holes but uh, goblins are now apparently referred to mostly as orcs. I saw a goblin later on in chapter one, uh, but that was not in reference to the the race, as far as I can tell. Um, but oh, here, did they call them orcs? I didn't even, like, register that. When we're getting to the part where they start talking about the events of The Hobbit, uh, they mention that... The party was assailed by orcs in a high pass of the Misty Mountains as they went towards Wit- towards Wilderland. Um, 
Not certain where Wilderland is. I missed that bit, but I assume that's where. I think they just mean like the wild lands, like. Oh yeah, no, I just I I didn't register the name before. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, so it happened that Bilbo was lost while he was in the black orc mines deep under the mountains. Oh yeah, the party was assailed by orcs. Oh yeah, I didn't even I've heard about that, but I did not even clock that as I was reading this. Yeah, I mean, I've always I've always thought of goblins and orcs as related but different. Like the goblins are the little short, like goblins, and Mm -hmm. and then orcs would be like the the big what you see in the Lord of the Rings movie, like big dumb, yeah, uh, ugly ugly fuckers. Yeah. Um. So I I was consider those two separate races but apparently it's just like oh yeah we're just gonna call them orcs now gotcha um and we also now have Gollum now refers to the ring as his precious instead of himself like that mm-hmm. explicitly changes in this that same paragraph um or same page rather and we get an explanation for that which is so this next note Yep, cheeky, cheeky explanation uh, of the the retcon, and that's just that Bilbo first told. This is not the story that Bilbo first told, as Bilbo first told it to his companions. To them, his account was that Gollum had promised to give him a present. He wanted a game, but then Gollum went to fetch it in the island, and blah 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 blah. Basically, it's like oh, unreliable narrator. Yeah, and what we were talking about, uh, how the the story changes with each with each retelling and uh, who's, who's writing it down. What, how did the language change? Um, did, was there a copy error or something like that? So just, I, I found that a nice little convenient way for him to, to like, yeah, this is, this is going to be slightly different from the details in the other book I published, but just roll with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, like as as Tolkien continues to write and expands the story, he's like, oh, like it'll work better if Gollum's referring to the ring as precious instead of himself. Mm-hmm. And instead of being like, oh, well, I already wrote it this way. He's like, no, I'm going to take the the framing device that I've already established that like that that the fiction that the reader is actually reading has has been like found from an ancient text and like translated and retranslated over and over again and actually use that as a part of my world building to explain why now this thing is different as I go yeah. on. Um, it's it's pretty bonkers and um, it's even crazy like in chapter one uh, they they have a discussion about that. I forget if it's Frodo and Gandalf or Bilbo and Gandalf but they they talk about that, that like the story that it's Frodo and Gandalf and yeah. and Gandalf's like, oh, what do you know about the ring? You know, and Frodo says like, well, I know what he wrote about, what Bilbo wrote and what he told me are different, you know? Yep. And you're like, hey, well, I'm the reader. Like I what he wrote was wrong because that's what I read, you know? Yeah. And so um, it makes this really strange divide. But like you you pick up on it and you understand as you like read through the story that that this is what Tolkien's trying to tell you, but like, it's, it's really interesting and bizarre, but I I think it works. I think it works and I think it's really clever, but it's very, very different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's even funny. I mean, like when we were talking about Tolkien's own revisions of the Hobbit and, you know, again, when I read through the, the foreword, it mentioned like the changes that Tolkien made to the text 
I kind of have to wonder if, like, you know, he's he's inspired by or pulling from his own experience of like having to revise his own work or even just like the mundane errors that come from like, they, they talked about how, um, you know, if you change the page layout from like a new publishing house, even if you don't like, even if you don't change any spelling or whatever, just changing the page layout will like create errors that you have to then like go through and, and figure out. So like Tolkien more than anybody or, or not more than anybody, but as an author, you know, seems to have like a really strong grasp on like the ways that that the written word can, you know, can change. We think of it as like this static thing because it's printed and it's there in this physical copy. But like the way things have to be reprinted in order to like perpetuate their their relevance and, and their existence and, and the way that like it's just like copying of DNA. It's the same reason why people age and degrade and die. You know, it's like to make a copy of something over and over and over again. It's never one to one. Like you're always kind of like losing something. And um, I think that's kind of what he's trying to get at here, too, in, in this whole thing with the discrepancies between Bilbo's story and, and what we know of the truth now. I'm going to have to go back and read this, this forward, because it sounds fascinating. <laughs> mm. Sort of like the prologue, it's not going to be, like, it terribly engaging to read, but... Well, the thing you know, is, I probably read it two years ago when I first tried yeah. to read this book, but... Yeah. No, not two years ago, three years ago. It been it's just interesting, if it's the same one, like, just the fact that, um, the the I think it's the notes on the second edition... Like, yep. just the fact that it's written by Tolkien was, like, fascinating. I was like, whoa, like, when he says I, you know, that's him. He's, yeah. that's him. <laughs> and I was like, shit, like, let's do it. Like, what do you have to say, man? Um, that was really yeah. cool. So, I have one last note from the prologue. And that is on the last paragraph, which on my copy covers two different pages. Uh-huh. But we get our first mention of this character named Sauron. Yeah. So that that's the only note is just oh first mention of Sauron. Yes. And uh uh Gumenor. Sauron is his if that's the full name. Sauron. <laughs> I always I thought his nice. full name was Sauronald. So. Yeah, well sorry sorry, you you Sauronald. 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 Sauronald is is his full name. That was I mean So I I when I was growing up, I I saw it. Whenever I saw it spelled out, I would read it like dinosaur, so Sauron. Yeah, and I've heard it pronounced both ways, but I think Sauron's the correct one. That's why I'm using it now. Sauron is how I said it in my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it is cool to see that. J- just to see the name drop because it's like, yeah, if you didn't know anything about this story, you'd be like, okay. But if you do know, it's like yeah, that. That's how I was. I was just like, okay, that's Sour Ronald. I was like, what else? Do yeah, I <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know, Sour Ronald. Yeah, the uh, the inception of Sour Patch Kids. You know, right from this guy. Yeah. Um, but it, it does make me think before we jump into the the first chapter, if we do feel like we're ready. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that that kind of felt like it pushed me through the prologue, even though there we spent a lot of time talking about it and. There, there are like five or six well, notes that I'm just like, whatever. Like, we don't have yeah. to get to that. There is definitely more I could talk about here. Um, I mean, a, a lot's gonna pop up like through reading the book. You know, I, I, yeah. I think it'll take us back to, oh, this was in the prologue. This was kind of 
yeah poked at. yeah i don't want i don't want to get bogged down but I, I did want to mention one of the things that like kept me locked in was um uh, and i'm assuming we all have this because it seemed it i mean it's just part of the book but um before the prologue there's this right the lord of the rings there's like a poem did we I, uh i do not have that poem before i don't think prologue. i have that either no really is it before, is yeah it before my because i have i have like this title page it says the fellowship of the ring and then i turn uh, it and then it i just have the map you know what? For me, I think it's I think it's on uh, right after the title page, before the forwards. The three rings for the Elven Kings under the sky. Oh, let me, see, let me see. Let me yes. see. Let me see. Let me see. I have it right there too. Actually, yep. Yep. Okay. I completely missed that. Oh, okay. Well, um, let's read through it real quick. Please. I'll read it yeah. if you don't mind. I was wondering okay. when it come up because this is so famous. Like I, I'm aware of this. Exactly. I, I felt like this was such like an impactful. It's like you know, I thought it just didn't show up yet. No, it's 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 at the front page like in front of yeah. all the stuff i skipped yeah because <laughs> three kings for the elven kings three three kings three rings for the elven kings under the sky seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone nine for mortal men doomed to die one for the dark lord on his dark throne in the land of mordor where the shadows lie one ring to rule them all one ring to find them one ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them in the land of Mordor, where the shadows lie. I couldn't help but notice it's a little different from what what I know from the movies, because some of it is is cut out. Um, yep. The land of Mordor, where the shadows lie, part. But what I like about having it there is like it makes it feel very like it's it has like a rhyme scheme to it. Like you see why that's there. Like it it's like sky die lie. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just feels a lot more poetic in that sense. Um, but man, I don't know. It's so good. And truthfully, a lot of why I love this is because the opening sequence to Peter Jackson's The Fellowship of the Ring has been like branded to me. Um, I love it so much. It's incredible. I can't wait to watch this movie. Um, but it's just so cool to see like, you know, this is it. Like this is where it came from. And I just, yep. I find it to be so like compelling and well-written. Um, and it really pushed me through because I'm like, yeah, like, let's get to that shit. Like, that's what I want to read, you know? I I think the on my my back cover, they have, they have the poem again. I think that's more of what's in the movie. One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to, to bring them all and in the darkness find them. Exactly. Yep. So I, I think that's where the movie ends. But yeah. Yeah. So um, chapter one. Chapter. Hour. Chapter one, chapter one. Imagine if we spent 30 minutes just bullshitting about our lives at the beginning of this episode. You're welcome. Everybody. Yeah, I was like, oh, this might yeah. cut cut the episodes down a little bit, you know, time wise. And I was wrong. But we're, but no. we're I was wrong. Hey, the point is not to make the episode shorter. I don't care about how long they go. The point is to have it be more focused. Yes. And engaging. And, you know, sometimes we'll talk about Sour Ronald. Like, that's fine. Like, you know, we can have both. So, so yeah, Connor, do you want to give us the, the, road, the, rundown the rundown of... Yeah, thank you. It's been a long week for me, and it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Why does that make me think of... Um, isn't that like a, a meme format? It'll be like, oh, what a day. And it'll be like, it's Tuesday. Do you, does anyone know what I'm talking about? I don't think so. 
No, I no? think you made that up I in mean, your I, head or I can, something. I don't think that's I mean, a real thing. I see it like what a week or like what yeah, a day. It's like it's, it's six a.m. Oh, you know what? You know what? Okay, I mean, I'm not gonna. Okay, but I, I think I know what I'm thinking of. I think it's from Thirty Rock. You guys ever watch Thirty Rock? No, I haven't. Oh, I don't think no, that's a real show. Though. I think you're making that up. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys drinking tonight? What do you got, Connor? Are you? Uh, um, do you have I, like four Coke Zeros next to you? Well, or? no, I'm I'm t- I'm I'm uh, flipping between a Dr Pepper Zero Sugar, of course, and a uh, Pepsi Zero Sugar Wild Cherry. So I'm going back and forth. Nice, you Josh. You got some. your. Uh, mm. Yeah, I just got. I got water. Yeah, well, sparkling, of course, of way, right? Two thirds of the way through it already. Wow, you're oh, going nice. heavy tonight. <laughs> uh, I am drinking. My brother got me this for my birthday. It's a Helderberg Big Box Bourbon. St- I'm I'm almost done with it, but um, man, th- this has been great. I feel like this is like a good Hobbit whiskey. Wow, um, <laughs> Bourbon Boy. So it was it was a good choice for tonight. So chapter one. We're officially there. Chapter one. Yeah, we get a map. We get a map um, of the Shire. Mm-hmm. And but there there still is plenty of like talking about like hobbits in general and this and yeah. that. But the long and short of it is um, Bilbo has the Shire in in like this buzz because he is throwing a birthday party for himself he's turning 111 which Tolkien really loved saying (laughs) yeah and i also loved reading it yeah every time i was thrilled it's his uh uh coming to be his 111th birthday and um and so yeah he has this big plan for a huge party consisting of you know uh a bunch of people we get an exact number of how many people are there after all but a lot of people um and so on the, the night of the party, there's a lot of festivities, an awesome fireworks show, courtesy of Gandalf. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Bilbo's really planning on having this, um, this grand announcement and departure. And um, he, he ends up vanishing from his own party. <gasps> um, on yeah. stage. Uh, yes. Um, of course through the ring and so he and everyone's like ah we knew he was just a fucking weirdo he's just proving yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah right we thought we were gonna like him because he gave us all this free shit yeah. and presents and threw the best fucking party like ever but fuck him because he vanished we like, were right about him all along really <laughs> um and That's so yeah he makes his place way, he makes his way back to his home in bag end um Gandalf's there and he's like hey where are you going buddy and you know Bilbo's like oh well you know you know my plan dude I'm, I'm just gonna go hit the the, the old dusty trail <laughs> and um, you know Gandalf's like well you're gonna you gonna take that ring with you too and so that that kind of goes through the sequence of uh, Bilbo reluctantly angrily giving up the ring mm-hmm. and then um you know, Gandalf kind of ensuring that it passes along to Frodo. And it's the the chapter sort of leaves off there. Gandalf is like, hey, like, don't do anything with the ring. Um, I don't know for sure, for sure what it's all about. But like, I would not put it on if I were you. See you later. And then um, 
that's where it ends. Yeah. Uh, Gandalf is also very much like, do not give that to me. Yes. Uh, when when Bilbo tries to give it to him. Um, so I, I know from stuff I've seen in the past that that is an important detail. Um, just up towards Gandalf's character, I guess. Yeah. He knows how dangerous yeah, it is. Yeah, in the movie, Ian McKellen goes, don't tempt me, Frodo! And <laughs> that was my Ian McKellen impression. Um, one thing I want to say about the maps is uh, I got a bunch of maps of all of Middle-earth in the back of my book as well. Uh-huh. Uh, they're very detailed. And... Uh, I had something else I wanted to say, but it completely skipped my mind as I started to speak. I'm sorry. Well, dude, okay, wait. Since you're talking about the map, can I... I don't think that your copy is going to have this. Can I show you this? All right, check this out. I know this is not going to be, like, terribly riveting for... For our podcast listeners. But I'm reading... I think this is the... I think this came out... It did say it somewhere. I think the edition that I have is, like, the 50th anniversary edition... Of the Hobbit, even though this is a Lord of the Rings copy, and oh, so yeah. it's it's using like the second edition uh, text, and then in the back I have this massive fold out map. So it comes out like this, and then I can I can fold it open all the way. Um, oh, well, that's because you have a hardcover for copy. Ours are ours are uh, paperback. Well, yeah, but I mean, would that have to do? What does that have to do with the map? They don't really do the fancy map unfolding stuff in the paperback. I guess. God damn it! I can't get it. Yeah. It's probably just a lot of rustling. So you have a. Yeah, okay. So it's mine. Upside down, but yeah. Giant. This huge map. Connor, yeah, can you take a no, picture? That, yeah, let me get a screenshot. Okay. That uh. So what they did in my copy of the book is they okay. gave us a mini version of that and they divide it into four quadrants mm -hmm. and then each quadrant is uh, inflated on another page. So there's there's technically five maps in the back, but they're just like close-ups of the, the larger map. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, you did then, mention, course, I remember last time you mentioned how many maps you had in your book. You were like, wow, there's yeah. a lot of maps. Yeah, no, it's, it, it turns out there's only one map, but it's just printed like in different details. Yeah. Um, and then we got the map of the Shire in the ch beginning of chapter one. But uh, what I wanted to say was thanks to my recent Legend of Zelda playthrough and just the fact that I grew up on the Wind Waker. Every time I see this map and then it just zooms in, I just think of the the chart sound effect when you're zooming in on the chart in Wind Waker. The whoop, yeah. Whoop, yeah. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Every time I'm looking at one of these maps, it's like, well, that's ruined for me. that's ruined for the rest of my life. <laughs> Whenever I look at a map, yeah, or rather like a like a chart, I, I like it's not, it doesn't right. happen to me when I look and I like zoom in on Google Earth or Google Maps. Yeah. It's just like, well, oh, now a nice will. little chart, and well, yeah, fuck, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Um, but yeah, yeah, Tolkien's level of of detail continues to be. Um, Actually, according to the note on the maps, uh, the maps accompanying the Lord of the Rings were drawn by Christopher Tolkien for the original edition published in 1954 to 55. Oh, interesting. So, and that's referring, referencing the ones in the back. I just noticed that as I was pulling them up a moment ago. So. Oh, oh that's cool. 
Yeah. That's cool. Um, so chapter one. <laughs> yeah. So we, we kind of gave the summary. Connor, care to give us your initial thoughts on this first chapter? Or is there somewhere you, um, you maybe like, like start and, and talk about in particular? No, I mean, I... I I thought it was a lot of fun. I I, I liked reconnecting with with uh, Bilbo. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Or um, his whole party plan. You know, talking about it with Gandalf and calling it a little joke and all that was was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I I like the the fireworks and. Um, just it was just a huge big event that everybody was a part of. I like that the hobbits give away gifts on their birthdays. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Um and then yeah, I mean like like the big the big scene in the chapter is between Gandalf and Bilbo at the end where, you know, Bilbo gets a little bit testy about the ring. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, it kind of gets into a little bit of a shouting match with Gandalf and Eventually, he comes to his senses and leaves the ring behind as he goes on to his new journey. You know, he he yearns for adventure, the adventures of yesteryear, and uh, with dwarves, with dwarves. Yeah, I was disappointed that we didn't get any dwarf names. Really, yeah, I was going to say that too. It's like I I wish there had been like one or two name drops. It's like oh, and 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 Balin was there, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, Bomber lost five pounds. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, in actuality, he probably passed away due to heart failure about. 20 oh my years god. Ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised we didn't get that in the prologue all about how this. <laughs> um, well, we do know dwarves are coming up, so. Yeah. Um, we, it does we know make they continue me... to exist in this book, so we might get more information. Yeah. Who knows? It does make me like even more upset that there was no testiness about the ring in the Hobbit, but I guess all of that can be explained to, as. You know, Bilbo leaving that out or whatever of of his writings, but mm. uh, yeah, I, I I thought it was a, a a good first chapter. I'm excited to you know get to know more this Frodo character. You know, yeah. he seems like a good good young lad. Yeah, nice young, young lad of thirty three year old boy. Yes. You just have oh, to look forward oh, to doesn't it, Connor? And and you know, I, I love how how the tweens are are uh you know, the stage like between the 20s. Yeah, yeah, the 20s before you get into full adulthood, which is, you know, 33. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah, it it kind of shed a different light on what I I mean like I I do think when you read the Hobbit, you're meant to consider um Bilbo already as like middle-aged. But, like, when they say he's, like, 50-something, I think, I, I guess I feel like in Hobbit years, maybe he's supposed to read more as, like, human 40. You know what I mean? Or even 30. Uh, like, late yeah. 30s. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. Because um, it's, like, I, I did I did think about, like, the whole Hobbit lifespan thing. Because they say old Took uh, lives to be 130. He's dead. Um, yes. We, we learn. He dies at 130. Um, so Bilbo at 111 at first I thought like was like insane like like everyone thinks like how the fuck isn't he dead and it's like oh but it's the power of the ring but like actually 111 he's like 70 you know it's pretty normal actually they're they're more of like why is he still he hasn't 
aged a day. Yeah, right, keeping but his youthful looks look. is is more suspicious, yeah. right? Yes, right. That's that is the thing that is viewed as odd. But I, I thought also initially he was like abnormally old, but he isn't. He's just like Not regular yet. old. But he right. But he looks very youthful. Yes. Um. So so that was kind of funny. You know what I have at the beginning, towards the beginning. Maybe I'm just too used to the Fourth of July as an American, but six thirty seems very early to start fireworks. Like even in September, like I don't feel like the sun will be down by then. You mean what is it? June, June thirtieth. Uh, no, six thirty. Oh, oh, six thirty. The time. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. We don't know when the sun goes down in in Hobbiton. I, I guess not. But it's just, <laughs> I mean, it could be the old fashioned like, yeah, uh, six a.m. is when the sun goes up, noon is when it's directly overhead, and six p.m. is when it goes down as horizon and nothing in between is consistent but uh from day to day but it's just like yeah 6 30 is like early evening getting on the sundown like I right it would maybe like dusk like beginning of dusk yeah yeah um that just that yeah. one just struck me because i'm used to fireworks starting at like nine or later but that's it in is- the middle that is in the height of summer it is kind of funny because, you know, you would consider those things would be things that um, Tolkien also thinks about. But I mean, like potentially, right. um, you know, maybe maybe that was like more the norm of setting off fireworks then anyways. You know, yeah, maybe it maybe it was more likely to do it during that time rather than later. Given it like I, it could also be I'm just misremembering what 630 looks like at the end of September. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been six months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just a quick little note. Um, they mentioned by the end of it that, like, the stars are out. You know, oh, when, yeah. when Bilbo leaves uh, Bag End, he looks up and sees the stars. So somewhere in that period, it becomes dark. Dark. Yeah. So. What's this next note? Oh, how does... Did you notice... Uh, Tolkien was spelling connections with an X. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the next page, I noticed it for the second time. It's like, oh, that wasn't just a, a typo in my edition. This is actually like something they're doing. That's weird. Yeah. I don't know if that's uh, a, if spelling's really drifted in the last, like, three quarters of a century or not, but that, that one that one is different. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I, I guess the one thing I would mention as I read through the foreword, you know, Tolkien and, and they kind of talk about how much time Tolkien spent throughout the later years of his life, like constantly revising different editions of the Lord of the Rings and like mm. never feeling like he finished. It would be weird if such an obvious thing was left unfixed. Right. So I have to imagine it was intentional, but they're probably we probably will also come across things that it's like, what's the deal with that? And it's like, yeah, who knows? Like, that's just what it is. Yeah translations yay yeah um also right below that uh i think they're naming the the names of the people at the parties um but we have the grubs and the chubs and that just sounded like a a low-class bar (laughs) to me yeah the old grub and chub you know what i mean hey nova yeah, the grubs, the chubs. The Sackville Bagginses can, like, get the fuck. They <laughs> yeah. can just fuck right off. 
They're the worst. Fucking Lobelia Sackville Baggins. Fuck off. Oh what a my stuck up God. biatch. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I have to say about her. Yeah, Connor, you know, why don't you tell us how you really feel about Lobelia Sackville Baggins, all right? Canceled for it. You know, whatever. Don't hold back. I gotta know, be real here. Back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, about the part where Bilbo, like, escorts, no, Frodo escorts her. One of them escorts her out of the house. And she, she, it. He, Tolkien says she like stands there like trying to think of a real scorcher or something like that, uh, and then comes back with some some like mild retort that doesn't even come across as insulting. Yeah, uh, just because there she's just had a loss. Right. Um, it reminded me very much of a Christmas story where the old man. Uh, that's where I came up with a, a real scorcher. Uh, after the leg lamp gets broken. All he could get out was not a finger <laughs> before storming off to the store to buy glue. But uh, that, that, that's, uh, that's that kind of energy I was thinking of with, with Miss Saxville Baggins yeah. at the front door. Yeah. Um, um, oh, they continue yeah. to be kind of like delightfully petty, you know, like yes. they just suck. Um, uh, when he, when they're, they're written to suck. So it's like, okay, yeah. you know, and, and when they're, uh, uh, getting the gifts from Bilbo's house after he's left. You, you see all the little notes and it's like uh, a fountain pen for this one guy who never wrote back. Uh, yeah. A bookshelf for the guy who never returned to the books. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The rest of the spoons for Miss Saxville Baggins. <laughs> Which she immediately like knew why he was giving her spoons, but she still took them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Bilbo uh, really getting the last laugh there. So yeah, I really enjoyed reading all the tags on the the book on the gifts. Um, there was a, a semi famous line that popped up already that I know I've read elsewhere many times uh, during Bilbo's speech, where he says, "I don't know half of you half as well as I should like, and I like less than half of you half as well as you deserve." And I had to pause and think about that one for a while. I think it's intended as a compliment. Because it's a lot of halves and like trying to well, sort it out. I think it's both. I think the first part is a compliment, mm-hmm. and I think the second part is an insult. Well, no, it's saying I like less than half of you, half as well as you deserve. So he's saying they deserve to be liked more. Oh, I like less. Well, okay, but yeah. I think so. So, if we're talking about splitting the group of all people present into two halves, I don't know half of you half as well as I would like. So, right, half of them, like, he would like to know more, right? And then I like less than half of you, so not the entirety of the half, half right. as well as you deserve. And so, I do think some of it is like a backhanded. Or it's not even a backhanded compliment. I think some of it is saying, like, I like less than half of you. So, like, the remaining of that half, ah. I like you exactly as much as, like, deserve. you do deserve, which is not <laughs> a lot. Because fucking Sackville Baggins is, you can fuck right off. Yeah, I only need you here to get the, the gross gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think I think it is a bit of both. I mean, like, but he delivers it in a way that... Um, it, you know, it's meant to be like obscured, I guess. So, yeah. 
but it, oh, it is a great is, but i, I did yeah. pause to think about like okay wait, what's he trying to say here yeah um but i know i've seen that one pop around pop up on the internet quite a few times have you heard did any of these lines stand out to you connor like from any like oh yeah i remember that from the movie there's a few lines here especially when bilbo and gandalf are talking where i was like oh yeah that's from the movie did anything jump out at you i was wondering from the hobbit movie uh from the lord of the rings you or wait have you not I, seen the no, lord of the rings i mean movies? i just a long t- I, I i might have seen some of them but i i don't really even know if i've ever seen a full lord of the rings movie yeah oh at this wow point, okay. if, at this point if i'm recognizing something from the movie it's probably from a meme on reddit gotcha gotcha um how about you connor seems like you you recognize <laughs> oh yeah no i mean there there were several times i mean like the, like when gandalf's talking to bilbo and he says like i'm not trying to rob you i'm trying to help you like oh my god like i got to tell you ian mckellen plays like just like the the most iconic fucking gandalf it's one of like oh my god i just love it so much that whole that whole scene like there's even parts where i was reading the book and i'm like that's not what happens in the movie but i'm actually thinking like i think i liked it better in the movie <laughs> like <laughs> it's tough because it's just what's like ingrained in me so yeah. again like it's funny to go back and read the original um i writing of of, i got beginning a little of that recently cuz i've been listening to critical role uh, while i work and i watched the first season of critical role when it came out and I'm finally getting to the part that the the season of the uh, the animation the the show covers, and I was I was listening to all of that, and it's like it had been a few months or close to a year since I'd watched it, so I was I was listening to it. It's like oh I don't remember that happening. Well, where's this part? This funny joke that I remember. Oh, it doesn't actually happen in the show, which I guess yeah. they added it. So it's it was interesting seeing how the the two mediums differed. And what are you doing, Nova? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I've definitely had that feeling before. Like, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember. Like, there's actually, maybe the Harry Potters. Hmm. Um, yeah, like if you had seen the movies first, you mean, or? Yeah, but I, I saw the I saw the I read the book before I saw the movies. I'm trying to. I'm really trying to think if I've seen a movie and then read the book. Maybe uh, uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Hmm. Um, because I I definitely watched the movie first. And then I had to read the book and then watch the movie again to really understand the, the movie. Well, didn't the book come out after that that movie, though? I think that's one of the cases where it's the reverse. 2001 A Space um, Odyssey. No, it started off as the book. And then the movie came out. Oh, it's, And then the sequel to the book came out. And were they made parallel the to each other, Connor? I think it's they it's based off parallel. of a book with a different name. And then, and, then there's a, and then a novelization of the movie comes out afterwards or something. That's not mm. 2001, but um, 2001 were written pretty parallel to each other, but the book came out first. The book sends them to Saturn, uh, but the the movie goes to Jupiter. And so when they... when uh, Yeah, it was inspired well, by well, the Sentinel. Hey, don't short, spoil it, because I want to read that story. Book. Right, okay. but Well, I'm not getting into major spo- any major spoilers. It's just like, hey, Des- they, they orbit Jupiter in the, bo- in the movie. And then in the, in the sequel to 2001, 20, 2010... Uh, the the follow up goes to Jupiter and just assumes that you watch the movie to get more stupider. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, back to the back to the fellowship of the ring. I keep wanting to say the Hobbit. Um, 
we got a hard date for when they showed up at Esgaroth in The Hobbit. Um, and they referenced thank you very much. Sorry. They do. I got to stop. I got to like, I So it was based off of a, a short story called The Sentinel, True That's One of Space Odyssey. And then... Uh-huh. And then Arthur C. Clarke, the author of that short story, published a novelization of the film written concurrently with the screenplay after the film's release. So, oh, so it came out after the It did, movie. yes. Interesting. Okay. But, but okay, but written during the development of the Correct. film. Kind yes. Of, yes. Right, yeah. So it, it was sort of like together. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. That I mean that's interesting. Yeah, we got to. That, uh, that, that's a good one to put on our list. That should be on our list. It is on the list. Yeah. It is it on is. the list. It is on the list. That's a good one. That's a good one to have on there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably Patreon voters out there, you keep that in your back pocket. <laughs> so yeah, uh, they show up at Lake Town slash Esgaroth uh, on Bilbo's birthday, September thirtieth. Yes. Yeah, he forgot it. Ago. He forgot it was his birthday back then. What a silly, <laughs> yeah, stupid little hobbit! I can't believe he was he only fifty-one back then. But um, yeah, the birthday didn't seem as important. But it was a splendid banquet, and he had a cold and had could only say thank you very much. That was a fun yeah. reference. I enjoyed it was. that. Uh, of all the Easter eggs and like references back to the Hobbit, I was not expecting that one. I know. Yeah, I agree. But it was like a fun. It was a fun nod. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, Especially I after we focused the, on it. It's incorporated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we even yeah. used that as a title of an episode. Yeah. Or close to it. You, you, I think you wrote, thank you very much. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we are now going to retcon our episode titles because they're, they're not going to be called that anymore. Oh yeah. But, no, yeah, that's, that's, that's old. Boop, yeah. Boop, 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 but, uh, boop, but you know, there was a time, there was a time. Um, yeah, the whole, so, Josh, you brought up the I don't know half of you half as well kind of speech. Um, I, I really like that part. Um, and then, so, like, after after Bilbo uh, vanishes, we get, like, this interesting kind of bit, too, where there's, like, a giant bright flash. And I was like, wait a minute, since when does the ring do that? And then Gandalf's like, oh, well, I That's fucking did you. that because I'm a yeah. little fucking dickwad. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, like, I had to cover for you. I didn't want the the other hobbits figuring out you were, uh, like magic. Yeah, I had to make it look like a trick. Yes, um, and it was funny because uh, Bilbo says when they're talking uh, in Bag End, he says, "You are an interfering old busybody, but I expect you know best as usual." And I was like, "Wow, that was like just a perfect summation of Gandalf's character, completely, absolutely, yep, um, really concisely." Uh, said you know that that's everything that we've said. Just like a real fucking asshole, but I mean he does know everything, so I don't know what are you gonna do. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, when when they go back when they're talking in bag ends, um, you know Bilbo's getting ready to leave, and Gandalf is like, oh, so you're you know you're leaving all this shit to Frodo, right? Um, and Bilbo's like, yes, you know. Frodo even said that he would come along with me or, you know, something to that effect. He's but he's to, like, yeah. you're right, he's willing to. Um, I like that um, that Bilbo, Bilbo knows that Frodo would come with him, but, like, it's, makes the decision for, for him. Yes, exactly. He's not ready for it. He says he's still too fond of the Shire. And I feel like there's kind of this interesting comparison to, like, where Bilbo was when he went on his adventure. Like, Bilbo was on the older 
not not older side, but like was getting on. You know, he was like mature. Bilbo was older. Yeah, yeah, compared yeah. to Frodo yeah. for sure. Yes, um, he was like comfortable. He was in a place of like kind of stagnation and complacency. Even like he wouldn't have said that, but I think that's the idea you're supposed to get. And like you kind of get this feeling that like the adventure is something that Bilbo needed. It helped Bilbo. And then, of course, we even see in this chapter, it's something that, like, he remembers really fondly. He longs for those days. He's now choosing to go on an adventure all on his own. Um, and so Bilbo's like, no, no, I'm not going to have Frodo come with me. Like, yeah, he's way too young. He still loves where he is. He's not ready for it. And yet we know that the adventure is coming to Frodo all the same. And so I like this um, immediate like comparison of the two. They even have the same birthday. Um, but where it's like, I think it's part of what makes The Hobbit feel like a fun adventure story and part of what I think may make The Lord of the Rings feel like an, an epic, you know, um, and something like much, much more difficult um, is because, like, Bilbo kind of wanted the adventure. He was fighting the Took side of himself, and he really kind of really wanted to go out there and face the world. And Frodo doesn't. Frodo's still young. Frodo wants to stay in the Shire. Mm -hmm. The only reason he would want to go is because he loves Bilbo and he wants to be with him. But, but Frodo really, like, longs to have, like, security and safety and... And a sense of like community and belonging, and like he's gonna be torn away from all that. Like those pieces are falling into place, um, and so like we we kind of get that that juxtaposition between like um, the willing hero and the reluctant hero, kind of being built up here. And um, yeah. I like that Bilbo kind of comments on that, and I like that Frodo is kind of set up that way. Um, cause I think that's like a big part of like what affects the tone of the two stories too, going forward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. I know we don't have a, there's not a lot to say because <laughs> it's the same we point. haven't kept reading and it's like, what's going to happen. With, but I mean, we do all know what's going to happen with Frodo, right? Like I'm not spoiling anything. Like we do know what's going to happen with Frodo, right? Like. Yeah, he's gonna stay home. And Connor, like he wasn't gonna life. stay at, at Bag End, right? And, oh, I and thought, fight Elia Shire Baggins or whatever the I fuck. I thought he was just gonna stay at home, and we were gonna follow Bilbo on his journey again. Well, I'm sorry to, uh, to go die in a hole somewhere. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, <laughs> there, buddy. I thought we were gonna follow Frodo as he fights the legal battles against the Saxville Bagginses for six years. <laughs> yeah. That would also be a good story, you know. I would like an alternate retelling where, like, everything's actually fine, and then we just have to get into the nitty gritty <laughs> there. Court battles. Yeah, um, I I could see Tolkien writing that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so when Bilbo's talking to to Gandalf, um, Gandalf notes like, "Well, you're you're leaving all this to to Frodo, but you still have the ring in your pocket." He's like, oh yeah, how'd that get there? Well, yeah, that, that's yeah. You like that, you see Bilbo's uh, descent uh, with relation to the ring and how much it's affected him over the last few years. Yeah, he mentions later on how it's like it's been. Um, fuck it, 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 like he can't sleep without it in his pocket anymore. 
and he, like he has to he he would always go check to make sure it was safe, and then he just had to keep it with him. And um, we mentioned this before the podcast started, I think, but uh, he's talking about how others are calling him well preserved. Why I feel all thin, sort of stretched, if you know what I mean, like butter that has been scraped over too much bread. Uh, that can't be right. I need a change or something. And I just I wanted to remember the thin and stretched analogy because um, I remember hearing that somewhere before, but I don't remember where. Um, may have been an analysis of the the story at some point. <clears throat> yeah, it is but a great my, phrase. My, my big note for this section. Well, I got a couple notes for this section. But my big one. I don't know if you could see it right there. Um, no, you're gonna have to read it. Oh, done, done, done. <laughs> because Bilbo has referred to the ring as his precious. Yes. yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, in in the exact same way we hear, uh, uh what uh, uh Gorlin. Yeah. <laughs> What's that weird little guy's name? What's that weird little guy? <laughs> Gollum, Gollum, Gollum. That's yeah. how Gollum said, you know, refers to it. Sour, sour Gorlin. <laughs> sour Gorlin. <laughs> um, we also have our first reference to Gandalf as Gandalf the Grey. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, then you will see Gandalf. Uh, Gandalf's eyes flash. It will be my turn to get angry soon. He said, "If you say that again, I shall." Then you'll see Gandalf the Grey uncloaked. Uh. To which I also said, uh, phrasing there, old man, phrasing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and Gandalf does say here that he doesn't know what the ring really is. You know, he is... Yeah, he's not sure. You know, he's privy enough to the knowledge that it's bad and it it makes people do or changes people for the worse. But he's not totally certain of its powers, Um, which which is like, I, I mean, really... I don't know if he's telling the truth on that one. Um, But he seems concerned enough to to get to the bottom of it. Um, And what I love about this scene is, you know, they they go through it and, you know, Bilbo gets enraged and is like, well, it's mine, you know. Why are you so interested Mm -hmm. in it? Like, I I can do what I want with it. I'm going to take it, you know whatever you say and then get you know Gandalf talks him down and he's like oh yeah yeah I, you know I guess you're right I just need to change the scenery I'll leave it behind all right see ya and then he he like starts walking away with the ring still in his pocket and Gandalf, yeah, yeah, Gandalf's yeah. like uh you still have the ring buddy he's like oh yeah, you're right <laughs> oh, you got me yeah. <laughs> um yeah it is a, a really great moment yeah yeah and uh when he when he does finally hand it over or like put it in its place. A spasm of anger passed swiftly over the Hobbit's face again. Suddenly, it gave way to a look of relief and a laugh. So you can see there's a lot of this ring is definitely weighing heavily on him. Yeah, when he's finally yeah. separated from it. He can feel more like himself again. Yeah, true, absolutely. Um, so I have two more notes for this chapter. Um, let's see, where can I? Uh, when Bill was saying about how he how it's been growing on his mind a lot lately and what I mentioned earlier where he has to keep it in his pocket. He also says, sometimes I have felt it was like an eye looking at me. My note is an eye, you say, and then I made a quick little sketch. Yeah. Of uh, yeah. a certain, certain eye. It's not what, for you guys. What's that about? I don't understand. Yeah. Connor's. Yeah. Connor doesn't yeah. know. You, you can't. <laughs> I don't understand. An that eye, one. You say, um, 
So yeah, right, no, I just nice little foreshadowing, I think. And of then what? my last note for this of chapter what? of what? <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to wait and see. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> um, for me, for my copy on page 44, Tolkien showing an uncharacteristic restraint by waiting a total of 44 pages by my copy to include a written song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I really liked I this song. I had the song. same thought. It, it took forever. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I really really liked this song um and i i I didn't i didn't go back to like double check but i feel like um some of it comes from the hobbit itself um because like doesn't doesn't bilbo have that that speech at the end like he's he's looking on at uh, the shire at hobbiton from afar with gandalf and like he says this uh like a soliloquy and Gandalf's like, wow, you did you fucking write that? Like, that was fucking good. And I think some of that is, like, incorporated here in the song. Like, something about, like, the road goes ever onward. Yeah, um, I see Josh getting his copy. I but got I, my copy out. Yeah, I got a song here on page 313. Uh, let's see if they line up. Um, down the road, down the door where it began. Okay, so it does start off the same. Road goes ever on and on. That yeah, is that is exactly what you were talking about? Where yes, it's the soliloquy that he has. The indented lines. Sorry, Nova. What are you doing? Why are you sniffing that? Sorry. Um, those are new. As far as I can see, just glancing at this. But yeah, it's it's like one of the last pages in The Hobbit. Right, but and, at uh, least a a piece of it like is kind of there there's like a connective tissue there, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's very much a continuation of that song at the end of the Hobbit. Or the yeah. poem at the end of the Hobbit. Um I'm gonna put this away. I said I said when we when we finished uh uh, the the movie like yeah I'm gonna put this away and it's gonna be the last time I pull this book out until we're done with fellowship I bet and here we oh, are here we are first <laughs> first podcast two like two weeks later yeah um but it, I feel like that's fitting because like that's kind of the way yeah it's like the Bilbo's character ends. is treated here too you know yeah yeah to me I, I feel it's more of like a journey never ends kind of kind of continuation where. Like, yeah, he, he made it to his destination. He stayed there for a while, but now it's time to move on. Yeah. So the journey begins again. Yeah, it it is that, but also, like, it feels very... Um, uh, it's... I feel like it's kind of, like, telling of the way that, like, legacy characters would come to be treated. Because, like, the way Bilbo is in this first chapter, he's... He's great. I don't mean to to like um, like diminish the way that Bilbo's written here, and and to make it sound like this is just a send off for him because like um, obviously like his whole exchange with Gandalf and and everything having to do with the ring is like fantastic, um, but like you know we kind of know that Frodo is is going to be like our 
our main character through this tale. And so, like... I don't know. It could be that potato farmer kid. It could. It could be. It could be. But like you know, it's it's. I'm just picking up the the breadcrumbs here. Um, but so like obviously, uh, Bilbo being the main character of the Hobbit, the previous book, we kind of like get this chapter to to blend the two works together. But also, it's like the passing of the baton sort of thing. It's like the way that Harrison Ford shows up in uh, the Force Awakens. And it's like, okay, like now we're, we closed that that portion of our story, so now we can move forward with with the new characters, with the next generation. And, um, you yeah, know, it's like the I'm first episode sure. of a spinoff TV show, like, like, yes. like uh, Scrubs yeah. Med School or something. Yes, yes, right. You get JD and Turk in there, yep. and they set up the thing, and then it's like, okay, you know, done, done. You know, now it's you guys exactly. go on, go on ahead. Um, that sounds like a that sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know who would ever do such a thing. So I, I really wonder, like, um, how much of that idea was already like established? You know, how many how many works of fiction, how many sequels had like incorporated that idea? prior to the fellowship of the ring in 54 um but this felt like a very like prescient kind of um use of characters because it's just fucking everywhere now and i was like they're doing it and it's yeah. actually really good you know um yeah, so yeah, yeah. Was kind of fun. actually one thing star trek is famous i should say famous for but a a running uh easter egg in star trek is that every the first episode of every new series contains an actor from or slash character from one of the previous series. Like the next generation started off with uh, Dr. McCoy making an appearance as an old man, just getting a tour of the ship. Uh, Deep space nine Picard stops in to talk to Cisco about his mission or something. Um, you get some tension between them. Voyager starts off with the crew at Deep Space Nine and Quark tries to swindle Harry Kim. Enterprise starts off with uh, uh, a speech by Zephyr Cochran, uh, who showed up in a Next Generation movie. Uh, and it keeps going and going. It's continued. I mean, Picard is a little weird because it's... Um, uh, it, it is the same characters. It's just kind of continuing them. Um Discovery has. Who did Discovery have? Discovery may have broken that. No, no, it's Sar- Sarek. Um, yeah, they. Not one you, of the actors. They, you know the the fans got to be eased into the you know the new guys. Right. It, it it provides some connection other than like saying it's the thing and everything looks different. Yeah. Which Nutrick has suffered from quite a bit, and I'm trying to. I can't remember who if they did it for lower decks, the animated show at all or not. I mean, but, do uh, spinoffs really count anyways? You know, I mean, everything I just listed is technically a spinoff of star Trek. Well, I mean, and, and lower decks, yeah, but there. lower but, decks is, but really there is a difference show. between like a spinoff show and a continuation of the main series. That's like saying that empire strikes back is a spinoff of a new hope. Mm, not really, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider Lower Decks or even Prodigy to be spinoffs. They're they're definitely in the same continuity. Like yeah, the, it, like the, 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 the tone Abrams, is completely different. It's an animated show with like a Rick and Morty tone. The, That's a spinoff. The the animated Lower Decks is 
closer in tone to the next generation than discovery or the first two seasons of Picard. I can't speak to the third season of Picard cause I haven't seen that yet. I think, but it I is, think Josh it is, is right. I think Josh is right that it's one of the better Star Trek shows. I think they're all spinoffs from the from the original show because because they've all got separate fucking titles and like they're not just it's not just oh this is the continuation of that story they they are all different stories. Yeah, from, from all, but, but there there is it's an like interconnectivity calling... between them. I mean, well, I there's mean, an interconnectivity to the animated show it's, too. It's, I mean, it's not. Yeah. I mean, listen, I I don't mean to be talking out of my ass here because I have not. <laughs> Josh literally got done before we started doing the podcast. He told us that he just got done watching like all of Star Trek. So I'm not here to like Old Trek. talk I'm down. Still working, to him. I'm still re- reworking my way through the new stuff, but. but yes. But my understanding, it's not Star Trek is not like an anthology series where you know things just like where you take the same world and then like remix it and restructure it there's like a linear continuity between all of them and you can say that this series takes place before or after this one in a well not a straight line because there's a lot of weird time travel shit but i mean um but like they're all meant to fit together in a in a continuity is that is that not correct that doesn't mean anything Mostly, about the sp- yeah. spin-off status, though. That has nothing to do yeah, with the, I mean, with I, I wouldn't consider a Clone or not. Wars a spin-off of Star Wars, even though that the Clone Wars TV series is definitely an anthology. But well, Clone Wars is absolutely a spin-off of Star Wars. It, yes. No, oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Maybe maybe we're just going to disagree on what we consider to be a spin-off then, and, and that's okay. Maybe I'm maybe. wrong. I can be wrong. Like a spin-off I can be wrong, but... I, I mean... I think you're both. I, I think Clone Wars is a spin-off, is a spin-off like a, of Star Wars, and I think that the that every other no, uh, Star Trek series is a spin-off of the original Star Trek. Wouldn't a spin-off be when a a single character or like a very small group of characters from the main show go and get their own show? Like, uh, not necessarily. I need to look this up. Finish it up now. I'm sorry. That, that might be like how the term started, because I feel like that makes sense. But I, I do think we use that term differently now, or, or it can be applied to things that aren't just that. A byproduct uh, or incidental result of a larger project. Um, sorry. Just look. Uh, I mean, like, is The Lord of the Rings a spinoff of yes. The Hobbit? Yes. Yes, a it is. A television program, movie, book, etc. Yes, it is. Based on characters from another television program, movie book etc a spinoff of a hit tv show the comic book is a spinoff of the movie okay so it really is any kind of this is according to encyclopedia britannica i I don't give a fuck about encyclopedia britannica um all right well you can you can you can quote me on that that's that's pretty controversial okay so i I guess you're right it sounds like anything that is not the original version is a technically a spinoff yep but that would make sequels a spinoff well okay so oh my god if you want to really get into this doesn't matter i don't want to get no it doesn't we've gone on a tangent we should pull it back in we're we're i think since they're they're episode numbers in in star wars i think all nine of those or whatever are not spinoffs but everything else is a spinoff i think technically but um as far as star trek goes the you know it's like those are all spinoffs from the original series i you know i they're they're not they, they they might be in a continuity but they're not the same show 
So if everything yeah, well, was well, exactly the same, if, if literally every episode was exactly the same, but instead Star Trek The Next Generation was called Star Trek 2, it wouldn't be a spinoff anymore? Star Trek Episode 2? Sure. Yeah, I guess so. No, see? That's the thing. That's fucking stupid. It doesn't it does not have stupid to do with the title. It doesn't have to do with the title. It does not have to do with the huh, title. It doesn't matter if it's if it's stupid or not. That's just the definition. Oh, my God. Okay. I, what my my argument I'm, initially I'm done. that's a continuation not a spin-off you know what i mean that's a continuation of the original thing but but all of all of the star trek shows are continuations of of the universe and it, so is everything well yeah but that's a spin-off star too it's Thank it's the same you. it's the same universe not a continuation of the 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 same story that was going on in the last episode of star trek well, can, can we can we bring this back? Because I said before, <laughs> Connor was like, "Oh yeah, totally." Where, are, are, where, where do we? Is the Lord of the Rings a spinoff of the Hobbit, Josh? Yes, it's a continuation. It's a. It's, so it's a not a spinoff. I think it's a spinoff. I mean, by the definition I just looked up, a continuation is a spinoff. It's not called the Hobbit. I don't like, like you it. said. It's not called the Hobbit too. It is. It is a spinoff. <laughs> Imagine the Hobbit too. Too fast, too Hobbit. Sometimes spinoffs happen and they get more popular it, than the original thing. Like that's just it's how a it continuation, works. It's a continuation. I, I, I'm of gonna. Of I, I'm not, gonna. Think, not, I'm gonna think about it. I'll mull it over. Yeah. But I, I don't like it. I don't like the the. I don't like the we're feeling getting, of it. Doesn't matter yeah, no, about the feeling. Pedantic. We're getting some pedantic definitions of what these things are. I mean, spinoff has some connotations of being like lesser than the original product, but that's not always the case no and sequels sequels can be better than the original look yes. at look at the next generation look at empire strikes back look at yeah. uh, look at lord of the rings i mean this lord of the rings is often touted as being the the book series and oh yeah and i mean look look at persona a spin-off of shin megami tensai i mean which game do people play more these days uh wouldn't be able to tell you because I never played any of those. All uh, right, guys. So if you want to get into like anime, certain scientific. Oh, now now we're gonna keep. Guys. Yeah, now we're gonna keep it moving, Connor. Now yes. we're gonna keep it moving, huh? Yes. Now that we got into okay. another nerdy thing, you can't comment on. Yes. Uh, All right. Let's let. I, I'm I'm good to kind of um to narrow our scope here and and to to wrap it up. Um, oh, something interesting. Also, I I have heard this before we wrap up. Uh, but the very last line of the book, uh, after Gandalf leaves, Frodo did not see him again for a long time. I'm interested to see how long that is because I've heard more time passes in the books than is implied in the movies. So definitely, like a lot more time, sixty years. years. So be interested to see. Yeah. Um, nope. Happens. I was left with the same thought too, and um, yeah, in the movie. I definitely remember things happen much quicker. You know, just just like for the same thing when we watch the Hobbit movie, it's like literally just for like convenience's sake and to to tighten the plot um, in a way that just makes it flow better as a film. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of expecting you know not necessarily a time jump between this and the next chapter, but like you know maybe a good six months or something. We'll see. So yeah. Um, That's my guess. Yeah, so the next two chapters are going to be chapter two and chapter three. And we will, at that point, we will officially have gone further into this book than I've ever gone before. Ooh. My, my that last book, that my, sounds like a Star Trek quote. Actually, I was trying to paraphrase uh, the movie. 
<laughs> I kind of morphed into Star Trek, but yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh, my, my oh right. When, when Sam is leaving the Shire. And if I yeah, take like, one more step, I'll be far. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. And my, my last bookmark is still here. So it's like, oh, I only got 90 pages into this. Ooh. Into this 500-page book. I did such a good job. Like, These are some of the only books where I picked them up and didn't finish them. Because I'm really, I'm usually pretty good at finishing a book I pick up. Dune was one, I think, for a while. Then I forced myself through it and didn't quite get it. I got like some books where I'm halfway through them right now and just haven't picked them up for a couple months. Uh, but I know I'm going to get back to them eventually. Mm-hmm. It's not like, it's not like, oh, I put it down. No, this was like, I put this down and knew I wasn't going to pick it up again for a while. <laughs> it's like, I'm not ready for this. Um, and that's very rare with me and yeah. books. So. That is exciting, though. I mean, even yeah, just but, to think within the next two chapters, we'll be beyond page 90 uh, in your, co- you know, it's like we'll we'll have made like some strong, a strong start into the beginning of this uh, book next time yeah. we talk, which is pretty cool. Can't wait to see how many more notes are just sticking out the side of my book here. <laughs> yeah, I, I see the way your system has had to adapt itself. Um, yeah, it's it hasn't really adapted. It it's more of just like I, I did I just relented to the fact that sticky notes would be sticking out of the side of the book. Um, I mean, there's really no other way to do it as far as I can tell. So without covering the text no. Yeah. So, well, that's all I have on the, the prologue in the first chapter. Um, unless you want to get into arguments about what is or isn't canon in Star Trek and Star Wars. Um, which I'd be happy to make no. an entire podcast with you about. No, I don't want to do that now, but when we inevitably <laughs> no, read a Star Wars book, I, oh my God, I Josh, I cannot wait. I, I cannot wait. <laughs> um, there is one last thing I want to mention, and um, it has to do with the importance of birthdays. I was thinking about this because of the way that um, Tolkien, you know, we already mentioned, like he changes what Gollum refers to when he says my precious referring to himself or referring to the ring um before Gollum in the hobbit when he was referring to himself as my precious Josh mentioned that he referred to the ring as his birthday present um sounds like kind of an implication there that he found it on his birthday I think um yeah when we when I wonder if we'll find out more about that yeah but um you know, I, I find it intriguing that this book starts with a birthday and that our new main character, Frodo, shares a birthday with Bilbo. That um, that Frodo's birthday that he shares with Bilbo is like the traditional Hobbit coming of age day. Yeah. And, um, and lastly, that... Um, what was it? Um, birthdays. Birthdays. Gollum finding the ring. I guess it's int- I mean, like, oh, right. And then Bilbo mentions that um, he remembers. He he reflects on his journey in The Hobbit and remembers that um, he made it to Esgaroth, Lake Town, on his birthday. Just yep. the fact that, like, Tolkien felt like that was relevant to include because like obviously it's not mentioned in the hobbit it didn't didn't have to be his birthday who gives a shit but like it's one of those things that it it feels like it's important to the author that's something about like 
a full year passing, something about like a marker of growth in one's life and 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 kind of as like a time where like exceptional things might happen. It's kind of funny that Gollum um, apparently obtains the ring on his birthday and here on Bilbo's 100, 111th birthday um, gives up the ring. So Gollum gets the ring on his birthday. Bilbo loses the ring on hey, his. Hey, Connor, I really want to talk about a spoiler. So can you take your headphones out for like 20 seconds? No, sorry. Are you sure? Because I really want to talk about this really quick. Go for it. I'm going to forget yeah. about it. Josh, 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 take a note. Take a note. Uh, but I really just want to mention this take really a, quick. Take a I note. really want to mention this really quick. Well, don't say it while Connor's listening, because I won't forgive you. I won't be happy about it. So you're going to have to write it down, well, the buddy. The thing is, I, it might be coming up in the next couple chapters. I it doesn't matter. That. It doesn't matter. Uh, nope. Fine. Fine. Sorry, buddy. Uh, look at I, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. I know that that might be frustrating, but them's the breaks. Um, but like you're bringing Connor, Connor, no, Josh, right Josh, now. I know, Josh, I know, I know. Connor doesn't know that. Connor doesn't know the story. We need to preserve. The, he doesn't know. I know what's going to happen. That's what I'm asking him to take okay, his headphones out for a Josh, moment. Josh, one second. He doesn't know what's going to happen in if, Lord of the Rings. Guys, so guys, many people don't have that experience. If somebody, I know. If somebody else is listening to the podcast and is reading along, potentially. They, I mean, that could be an issue too. I think that's another well, reason. They know you about no, you're about spoilers. Stop. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're, honestly, I agree. I don't think we should. I think we should talk okay. about it as these things come up as best we can. So let's try to do that. Um, although I do, I, I I understand the difficulty. So thank you, Josh. But anyways, but that but that's that's really where I wanted to wrap up. I like that this starts with a birthday. And we've already gotten like the birthday importance in The Hobbit. And I just think it's funny that um, we get that kind of parallel between Gollum and Bilbo. Yeah. um, I mean, Tolkien is definitely signifying, you know, the importance of birthdays in this. So I I wonder if it's going to come back at all. Uh, Maybe maybe we open up next chapter and it'll be, you know, Frodo's 34th birthday when, you know, Gandalf returns. Who knows? So, so yeah, I, I uh, do think there is significance. Yeah. Um, about the significance of birthdays and with for characters, um, I, I remember the Harry Potter books almost always open on Harry's birthday or like around Harry's birthday, mm-hmm. and and how mundane and disappointing they were for him. J.K. Um, had to have soul in that from Tolkien, like one hundred percent. Well, now, no, I'm, you I, know? I, I'm. I was getting into like I feel like birthdays otherwise don't really pop up that much in other media in media that i've consumed at least i mean is what i mean to say Mm. um like you don't hear about superman's birthday or batman's birthday uh but you also like i know if you look up a character from almost any anime ever you could probably find their birthday and blood type because that's apparently a thing out in japan where people need to know that stuff even if it's never explicitly stated there's like a fact sheet about the character somewhere about so you're saying tolkien was a big anime fan um well this is this is like before anime was really a thing like when anime was still based off of disney animation so probably not what's funny about an anime is um you would assume that each episode would constitute um a day at the bare minimum but 
so many anime, you could have, uh, you know, maybe 600 episodes in between when you would say a character actually ages one year in the first place. I feel like they don't really pay attention. Isn't isn't Dragon Ball infamous for having like five episodes for a single attack or something like that? Right. (laughs) It just it doesn't uh, it doesn't always feel like it adds up necessarily. But who cares? Because it's all dumb anyways. Doctor Who is also very bad at that. Yeah, they just kind of give the doctor a number to say every couple episodes if they feel like it. They never mention his birthday or anything. It's very inconsistent. Um, yeah. At least the number always goes up. Doesn't always. Mostly always goes <laughs> up. That's a good point. At least it mostly always goes hey, up. It's going in Doctor in the right Who, direction. it's timey-wimey, though. So, yeah, you know, who knows? Right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Tolkien's very concerned with, like, dates. Josh mentioned even in the prologue, like the SR dates, the Shire reckoning dates, the way that the Shire date keeping is different from like the general middle earth. Like Tolkien yeah. thought about this a lot. So it's probably really important for him to keep at, track of his characters ages. So at least thank God Tolkien gave the difference between like the standard calendar and the Shire calendar is just a round number of 1600 and not like 1602. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That would have been so difficult. <laughs> I mean, 1600 is still not an easy number to add to like, 12 1275 or whatever but it's like at least it at least you could break it up into however you like to do addition in your head i'm not gonna yeah. make people mad um but it, it, at least there's like two zeros at the end it's not like some random assortment of numbers at the end yeah uh, and, yeah he makes it easy with that other world building he does it very much could have been <laughs> <laughs> um any anything else you want to say here anything you want to mention about i mean especially like connor i don't know if you want to talk about what you think may happen um but i I feel like i've said everything that i i wanted to mention really happy with what we've read and what we discussed um there is really just so much to talk about with tolkien's writing and his world building that i really know that i could go on for another two hours um but um let's Let's wrap it up here. Is there anything yeah. else we want to mention? No, I'm all good. I'm just I'm excited for uh, what's Well, I have come. one thing I'd like to mention, but you're not letting me. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you are not allowed. I, I did write it down, and it's on the back cover of my book right now. You can see the sticky note, but you can't read the text from this far away. So there. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, anyways, folks. Um, I'll text you specifically, Connor, of like, hey, if I forget, this is the part. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Okay, everybody. Um, If you want to check out our Patreon, that is patreon.com slash chapter chumps. You'll be getting exclusive episodes and a uh, a vote in our free and fair democratic uh, book choosing process. Um, If you want to follow us on social media, we are at chapter chumps on both Twitter and Instagram. If you want to email us your thoughts or concerns, please email us at chapterchumps at g- chapterchumpspod at gmail.com. Uh, also, you know, please please rate, review, and subscribe to our damn podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and as always, All until right. next time. I like half of you, half as well as I half would like and I like less than half of you 
half as well as half of you can. What's funny is you're, you're talking to just two of us. <laughs> <laughs> you right. both suck. There you go. <laughs>